Hi, everybody. Welcome to Artifice episode 133. I'm going to keep this intro short because I have one million things to do today. Um, but, you know, here we are in episode three of season six. This is the conversation with Winter Storm, um, who is a poet and a drummer and just an amazing person and in particular, like such an incredible um, presence here in Salt Lake City doing so many things for us and um, yeah just awesome um, in terms of Emily Merrill news um, there won't be an episode coming for you next week but um, there will be a hallowed wide song diary coming the following week and then we'll be back with like the normal episodes in the on the first Tuesday in September I've got a great episode planned for you for that day and for the entire rest of the season as well. Um, if you are uh, liking to keep up with my music, which hopefully you are, it comes from the same kind of artistic place as this endeavor. My very, very favorite song on my new album is going to be out next Friday, not this coming Friday, but next August 26th. Um, it's like the kind of uh, the punchline of the record and I'm super proud of it. So, um, look for that. If you want to get it a week early, which will be this Friday, August 19th, make sure that you sign up for my mailing list. You can find that on my website. It's emilymerrillmusic.com. And just remember Merrill is spelled strangely M-E-R-R-E-L-L. No, I emilymerrillmusic.com. I think that's it. Um, if you're a student or like a parent of students, good luck with back to school time. This summer did not feel nearly long enough, but hopefully everybody has soaked up some good vitamin D and is feeling kind of excited for this coming fall and is, you know, avoiding COVID, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. That's the, that's the intro. Let me tell you more about winter storm. A queen of many crowns or hats, Winter first and foremost is a mother to their handsome baby boy, Amias. She has been a poet and published author since the age of eight. Winter made her debut in the 2018-19 Salt Lake City Slam poetry season and made the team in the same year to tour with them. She creates poems about justice, healing, love, self-love, queerness, and the power to overcome. Winter is the 2021 Utah Arts Festival Indie slam champion with a host of other awards over the years she has been featured on right about now poetry winter is the co-founder of you black sorry utah black artist collective called you black <clears throat> she has a chap book called a glimpse into surviving winter's storm in february she released a collection of poetry titled black rainbow layers and she is a featured artist in a poetry collection published in Las Vegas called Beyond the Neon Lights Anthology. Winter is excited to announce she will be releasing another collection of poetry called Home, and that's an acronym H-O-M-E in October 2022. Ooh, that's coming right up. Um, okay, that's that's Winter's intro. Um Gosh, as I was reading that, I was thinking there was another thing that I wanted to say, but like, I got to be honest, you guys, my brain is fucking toasted today. Um, it is, it is wedding season and I'm, I'm out there earning the dollars and also losing my sanity. Um, but you know, it's good. Anyway, if I think of what it is, I'll tell you next week. Otherwise, please sit somewhere comfy 
including, you know, in your car, if you're driving or at your desk, if you listen while you're working. And please, please enjoy this episode with Winter Storm. Here it comes. Great art almost feels like magic. It opens our minds to brand new ideas and teaches us to see ourselves and our world more clearly. Of course, behind all great art, there are artists. And I think that's where the real magic happens. As we go beneath the art itself to explore how artists do what they do, we see glimpses of the sorts of creativity and resilience that lead to the art that moves our world. And maybe we can learn to borrow some of that magic for our own thinking. That's the goal here. And now that we're on the same page, let's dive in. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. But, you know, it's all yeah, good. That's real. It probably needed to happen, though. Like, you know, your clothing should be comfortable. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm in dress clothes, but, like, these are stretchy pants. Yeah. You know? See, same. Mine <laughs> yeah. are, my dress pants are stretchy. I love... It's important to have stretchy dress totally. pants. Like, like, you gotta be comfortable. I'm wearing a blazer, but, like, I got full range of motion. <laughs> you know? See? <laughs> See? And I took it back with the vest. The, I love it. The, yeah, I took it back with I the vest it. today so that I can still move. Yeah, move I got around. my nice my nice turtleneck. I, I had it. to take it to turtleneck today. <laughs> it's beautiful. I appreciate you so much. Do you, uh, do you have any questions before we start? I mean, we're kind of we're kind of starting, but yeah. I um no, I'm just excited to be here. Great. I'm excited too. We can kind of talk about whatever you want. So okay. I'll I'll like guide you through, I'll ask questions, but okay. if there's anything that you like wanna talk about, just go there. Like I'm not scared of tangents. So you okay. just like take me there. Okay. And also like no subjects are like off limits. Like anything that's part of your experience, like I want you to feel like you can talk about it. Okay, cool. So it's kind of up to you. Cool. So Do we want any poetry. That's that's probably my only question. Do we want any poetry? Um, yeah, let's okay. have you read one at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I mostly like, I'm interested in kind of talking with people about their creative development, their like artistic identity. Okay. So let's, let's do like all of that. And then, yeah, maybe like right at the end, let's have you read a beautiful poem for okay. us. Or, or a not beautiful poem, you it's, know? It's you International Women. Poem. It's International Women's Month. So mm -hmm. I have a poem. Okay, great. I have a, yeah, okay, I have perfect. a poem for women. That, okay, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready for that. Yeah. Okay, well, let's get started. Where, okay. where did you grow up or like, where are you from? Uh, I am originally from East St. Louis, Illinois. Okay. Um, I've been in Utah since three or four years old. Okay. Um, so I pretty grew much up, all of your yeah, memories here. Yeah, I grew up in Utah. Um, I went back to Illinois. My parents made sure that they took me back to Illinois probably um, at least two times a year. Okay. At the see very the least. So grandparents that, and stuff. Yeah. Cool. cool. So that I could keep culture. And then um, right. my dad, um, a lot of my family, both sides of my family originally are from Mississippi, but okay. um, my dad is from Batesville, Mississippi. And um, he has a lot of family still there. My grandpa stills that is still there, and yeah. um, I have a brother that's still in Mississippi. My sister were there, was there for so a while. A lot and, of family in the south. And yeah, in Illinois, like were, was where you from? Like near Chicago, or like where? No, uh, more rural. Yeah, I don't yeah. know Illinois that well. I just know Chicago. That's all. You so. know what's crazy? I've never even been to Chicago. Really? That's horrible to say. Yeah, people <laughs> oh. are gonna people are gonna get at me for that, but. <laughs> Never you been. can't have been everywhere. No, no, I went to Chicago one time. I had a, I had like a, a gig there with my yeah. college group. I'm a musician. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I went there once, but it was a long time ago. I'd like to go back. But it's a it's a cool city. I heard it is like it's so amazing for art, yeah. and um, I'm a musician Music. as well. Yeah. So um, great, yeah. like jazz scene there. Yeah, yeah, see, and I love jazz. So I'm gonna make my way to cool. Chicago because yeah. I can't say. I feel like I can't say I'm from Illinois. And then that's everyone's <laughs> yeah. first question, right? Um, 
are you from Chicago? Yeah. And I'm like, no, like four hours from Chicago. Yeah. Um, but I've never been. Yeah, it's all good. Um, my, uh, I have a master's degree in jazz studies. So oh, that's like kind of my yeah. like special, my specialty in terms of academia. Okay. Not, now I do, like I mostly, in terms of like my own art, do more like alternative pop. But oh. my, my background's in jazz. So I love that. Yeah. So talk to me about like creativity in the family. Are there any professional creatives in the family? And then are there like amateur creatives in the family? Uh, we do actually, I, I have, uh, cousins in Kansas city, Missouri. I was just um, there like two weeks ago. Yeah. Kansas city. Yes. <laughs> hey, look, you got a voice too. Okay. Okay. It's my job. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Um, a, you have a beautiful voice, Thank by the you. way. Thanks. Yes, ma'am. Um, so, yeah. I have I have family in Kansas yeah. City, Missouri that they um they do it professionally. They like they're musicians. So okay. I have a couple of cousins that are singers. Um, and then a couple of cousins that like uh, I wanna say they play like bass, cool. um, that do it professionally, but I, again, I I know I've met them, but I was so little okay. that so not I like can't parents remember. like uh-huh. okay. And then do you have siblings? Yes, I do. Where are you in like the birth order? Uh, I am the baby. Little baby, little <laughs> yeah. baby winter. Yeah, I'm the baby. So, are any of your older siblings like were especially when you were children, like living at home, all kids together? Were any of your older siblings like? you know, creative or, or yeah. Were you, okay. Yeah. yeah. My brother actually, um, my brother, Stacy, he, and he still, he still raps, but, um, cool. he's been rapping for as long as I can remember. He, he said that he just does it for the love of music. Yeah. He never took it, um, professional, but just mm-hmm. for the love of music. And he's, yeah. he's amazing. Like he's one of those rappers that you're like, how did you say all of that that fast? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And then he's a visual artist. Cool. Incredible. Um, yeah, he can draw anything, cool. wow. look at anything and draw anything. So wow. um, that's that's the there was like that, stuff going on. Yeah. yeah. I always want to know, like, you know, I'm, I'm I'm interested in the origins of creativity. Like, I think it's like a nature versus nurture kind of a thing. Like, yeah. Do we come into the world with some like creative stuff? How is it like received in our family? So what were you like as a creative child? Uh, I had pencils and pens actually banging on everything drumming uh yes yeah. i've been a drummer since uh i started drum lessons at nine years old cool but um as young as i can remember my mom was like oh my gosh we have to get her in some type in of something. lessons because yeah. i would take pots and pans and yeah <laughs> and bang all over uh everything and i could actually you know keep a beat at at a very young age so some kids have that i yeah. think i was like that too just like always had good rhythm it's yeah just like i mean i think you know my parents listened to a lot of like 80s pop like there's a lot of like michael jackson in the house like earth wind and fire yeah so i think i had that like 16th note subdivision like yes. from an early age but yeah yes. some some i think some kids just kind of like it's just makes sense um were you when did you start doing any like like i don't know i i'm interested in kind of like you're a writer now, or that's, you know, one of the things you do. Yeah. Um, but I feel like writing, you know, can begin with children as kind of like storytelling or like imagination. So like, I mean, were, was your, was your play kind of extra imaginative or like just what, what else were you kind of, what else were you brewing about as a kid? 
Uh, at a very young age, yes. Uh, I always wanted to, when, I, when I'd when play with my friends, um, I was like a narrator, if you will. <laughs> yeah, I love it. You were like the director, yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah, like everything, it was like scripted, but not scripted. Yeah, it's like, now you tell her this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I totally get it. It's exactly. so awkward, but I played like that too. Like, yeah. now, now let's, now we're going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and my friends were with it. So I just yeah. thought it was fun. But I and it's funny that you asked that question, because now that I look at that, it's like um, that was me. That was my creativity at that young age. And right. then um, I first got published at eight years old um, wow. in elementary. So uh, as soon as I knew what what writing was, um, that it could have a deeper meaning to yeah. it, um, I really started to write, and my first my first po- poem that I ever published was called "Rainbows." So, um, go figure, darling. Uh- <laughs> yeah, I love it. So when you you just said like when I first realized that writing, I forget exactly what you said, but like could could have a deeper meaning. Yes. What did that mean to you as a child? I'm sure I'm sure that's kind of evolved throughout your life. Yes, but- it was a way to finally express myself. Um, I wasn't always good at at speaking right verbally mm-hmm. um expressing myself but even now um and again at that very young age I could write I could write a letter and express myself better than I could just talking mm-hmm. to someone um I could write a note like even to my teachers I think back to that young age if I wrote my teacher a note you know to tell them something that was going on I felt more comfortable that was like my comfort zone it was do writing you, do you feel like it was like because of the writing or do you feel like you just like you felt uncomfortable like verbally like chicken or the egg I think it was honestly because of the writing uh because I I I am very outspoken I've always been very outspoken Mm -hmm. but there's something about writing that um gives me comfort and gives me peace um and makes me feel secure in saying what I need to get out it's like you can make sure it's right it's yeah crafted Yeah. yeah It doesn't yeah. mean you, you don't like talking. No. It's just like writing gives some, something specific. Yes. Um, did you also love reading as a kid? Yes. What kind of stuff were you reading? Like Mystery. Cool. I love everything mystery. From a very young age, um, I like mystery. Thinking back, I think my favorite like at a young age was like um, Boxcar, the Boxcar kids. I love the Boxcar children. Uh-huh. I, I think about that frequently still. Like. I just, I love the like creativity of it. Like they had like some, you know, little stone where they would use it as like their fridge, you know, because it (laughs) stayed cold. Like the detail of that. Like I just remember as a child just being like, oh, it's like when you watch like, do you ever watch like tiny houses? Yeah. Oh yeah. And like when they find like little cubbies to like, you know, it's just like, it's so satisfying. It is. So like organized. (laughs) And like, I always felt like that about boxcar children too. Like they just figured out all their perfect little systems. And you know, what's, what's crazy that I actually related to, um, them finding, uh, a way to get through the things that they were going through. Yeah. Um, growing up in Utah, uh, as a a black woman, um, child, a part mm-hmm. of the LGBTQ community, because I've known from a very young age. Um, yeah, it was it was important for me to find things relatable. I always found myself reading um, and studying things that were relatable because, yeah. yeah, even at a young age, you want 
you want you want to be related to and you want to know about or study things that are relatable totally um and that was what i loved about the boxcar children they they were amazing at um you know finding other things and other avenues purpose yeah Yeah. they were they were independent yes i get that like i i I mean i i fit in where i grew up i'm from arizona but i fit in you know visually in all these ways but my um i had a lot of uh, abuse in my childhood at home. So, um, I also think reading was like a, a a very important escape for me. Yes. So I relate to that too. Um, you know, I think maybe because of that, like, because like, I, you know, I, I was uncomfortable in my life in my childhood, like, and, uh, you know, just felt a lot of, um, like confusion. And I'm sure you felt similar things. Oh yeah. Different different shades but yeah um you know i always feel like my early like memories of what it what it felt to me like to be creative or like how i kind of felt my creativity it felt really kind of connected to this like feeling of being kind of like different or like sort of other yeah did you feel like that too oh yeah Yeah. oh yeah um even like even in school, right? Because of my my reading level, um, they had like people come down from the junior high, and there was like I remember like three or four of us that they would take out into the coat room, and we had like a special class out there, and um, it it did it made me feel secure in my yeah. reading and my writing. Um, it gave me it was okay to be different, if right, you will. Like it was okay to kind of be proud yeah. of, or like there's it's yeah. like. I, I remember feeling similarly, like the creativity was like some kind of a stability. Yes. I, I always, I say even still, like my relationship with creativity is like, it's the one and only thing that I can like, I can manifest joy, like from nothing. Yes. Like I can call upon it. Like, you know, you can't count. I mean, even if you have people in your life that you really can count on, yeah. you know, they're at work, they can't take a call, but like creativity is like, it's never not there. It's <laughs> like, not. It lives in your brain. It lives in your body. And like, you know, it's, it's always there, like kind of available to comfort, to comfort yes. you. Um, as a child, did you like, I know these things are tricky, like in retrospect and like as kids, you know, like our, mem- you know, our memories, like whatever, but do you remember feeling like I'm a creative child? Like, did, did you identify as kind of art artistic or creative as a child? Oh, most definitely. I knew I was different and, um, uh, a creative as a child because I, I love to write. Yeah. Um, I loved, I love to write. I love the rhyme in writing and I love that. Um, I love, I love rhythm. So I love that my words could seem to flow to a rhythm. That was, yeah, that was something that was really interesting to me. And I love the sound of it. I love still now, I just love the sound of poetry when it flows off of the tongue. Um, it sounds like a song. Oh my gosh. I couldn't agree more. I, I'm when the pandemic started, uh, all my like so about half of my income I I make from like I sing in a wedding band I like I lead a wedding band I love that it's fun I love that yeah, it's fun that's perfect um, it is it's like you know you got to do like you 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 got to do what you can do so yes. I, I teach I sing in the wedding band and then I make like what I call like the capital A art you know yes. like the art that I really have like feelings about but uh, when when uh, the pandemic hit and all my my wedding gigs got canceled i was like what am i gonna do with all this time yeah um and one of the things that i decided to do was uh like distill my kind of songwriting method like into like a course like an online course which i had a lot of fun with kind of like thinking about how to articulate like 
how I do it and kind of what I think. But one of the things that I, that I say to my students all the time and, and say in the course is like, you know, when you're, when you're writing lyrics, which like poetry and lyrics are like hand in hand, they are yeah. <laughs> hand in hand. But I like to think about, you know, the rhyme, the meter, the rhythm, but yes. also like, it's so important to me. Like how does the word feel like in my mouth? Yes. Like if I'm going to sing it, like I want it to move in a way that like doesn't interrupt the rhythm or like, you know, in those kind of very specific, like I might pick different vowels vowels if it if it feels like it fits you know the sentence better even outside of the rhyme so I I really relate to that I love that and I relate to that like um yeah the deeper meaning that's what you just explained the deeper meaning um is such a depth of art of music of poetry like there's um yeah there's a, a smooth depth to it that is so beautiful yeah like that other layer like Totally. Like you can understand, you know, music or poetry in terms of the text, in terms of the actual words, you can understand it in terms of just like the sounds, like the feeling, the smoothness or the roughness, like, you know, those are like different planes on which to like create an experience. And I'm sure you, you do similar things, but like, sometimes I like to kind of create like a tension between like the meaning of the words and like the way that they, you know, like maybe the words are like really easy and beautiful and yeah. like friendly but then the the way that they actually like pr- are pronounced is kind of like stilted yeah you know? and there's like a <laughs> there's like a confusion there which i don't know i like to get kind of like play. meta about that kind yes. of stuff too <laughs> so when you were little like did you did you feel like how did you feel about being creative like did it feel kind of like a superpower like how were you referencing it were there adults in your life that you kind of felt like you know, I want to be like this kind of a person or like, how are you, how are you conceptualizing of it? Uh, when it came to, when it came to writing, um, I guess I, it was other poets, right? Um, Maya Angelou that, um, Langston Hughes, when I read about, when I studied them, that's kind of what shaped who I wanted to be, Mm. um, as an artist, someone that is timeless, someone that, um, has meaning to their words. I I always say that with my poetry. Um, I always want to have meaning to my words. I don't just want to just be speaking. Yeah. Um, it's important to me to have a depth, multiple layers, um, if you will, of meaning in I my will. poetry. Yeah, <laughs> I will. <laughs> yes, I. Uh, I. Yeah, that's important to me, and I understand. I understood the importance of that. Um, as a young child, because sometimes it was, um, I don't know if you, if you've experienced this, but when you're around adults, sometimes it's like, um, be seen and not heard. Totally. (laughs) Totally. And so that, that whole being seen and not heard was not a thing for me. I did not. I really feel that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, yeah, that's what my writing was for me. When you ask if it was a superpower, yeah, because, um, People wanted to listen, right? Right. No, I totally get to that. Listen. Like, uh, if you have behaviors as a child that help you gain the respect of adults, yes. that can be really powerful, especially if you're a child that doesn't feel all that secure yes. like with your kind of peers, you yeah. know, the like child adult relationship. If that, if that gets to the point where it feels like a little bit more on equal footing in terms of like, you know, I will, I will do things that like make these adults in my life see me as like a person Yes, that, that can be really powerful. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's what that's what writing became. That's what art not even I can't just say um, just writing, but that's what art and being a creative um, became for me, because even me as a drummer, when they when I developed as a drummer um, at a young age, people saw me differently. I had a lot of respect of adults that wouldn't have usually um, respected me or that that maybe wouldn't have usually heard me but now they wanted my opinion now they um they saw me differently because it's not you're like you're just a kid you're like this you're this kid right who can do these things um gosh i really really relate to that actually like how how old are you now i'm 30 okay i'm i'm turning 34 next month okay and i feel like i'm just like that was that kind of thing was so precious to me as a child like i didn't have security with my two parents like they're both they're they're just narcissistic and were really really hard on me i'm the oldest and was kind of like a family scapegoat and it was just rough at home so um it's okay but i think i think i like one of the kind of survival skills that i learned was like you know having getting other adults in my life to like take care of me yeah you know like getting my teachers to give me like kind of extra validation and extra care that I wasn't getting at home um and I think I did that by like these kinds of things that we're talking about and I feel like just in the last couple of years I sort of have realized that like I think I'm realizing like it's I'm in the middle of it maybe yeah (laughs) in the middle of a level up perhaps but uh I feel like I I need to like stop kind of looking for approval of like the adults mm-hmm. in my life because <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that was such a strong a such a strong coping mechanism for me as a child that I'm like I'm kind of like oh I'm I'm in my 30s like it's time to maybe just like write my just own be you. Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 that's tricky I struggle with that though um because it because it really was such a reliable method of like seeking comfort as a yeah. child um what kind of stuff did you want to write about um and i'd love to know like we'll talk in phases so i'd love okay. to know like what kind of themes or you know what kind of stuff were you writing about you know before your teens uh before my teens um i grew up in a two-parent household that was very religious i grew up very baptist um okay. and being Baptist, uh, you're not really able to um, be me, who I am. Um, I'm a part of the LGBTQ community, very, very proud, um, and that wasn't okay. Um, How old were you when you, like, had words for that? Pre- ooh, pretty young? Probably about seven or eight years okay. old, yeah. And was it the kind of thing where, like, you tried to tell your parents or was it the kind of thing where like they kind of just knew or like, I'm, I'm just wondering the context of the writing. If it's like, you know, I'm expressing this in the writing cause I, I can't express it at all. That's exactly okay. what it was. Okay. Um, I had to express it in my writing because, um, it was frowned upon in the, in the black community and in the, um, in, in my spiritual yeah. um, community that I was a part of, it was frowned upon to be, gay and that's just that's just real um yeah and so I did I expressed it in my writing I what I couldn't say what I felt like I couldn't say to my parents um I said in my writing that's who I was really able to be me in my writing um in my poetry um so that's what a lot of it was I wrote a lot of I am poems Mm. um I just I I thought about it and you know I wrote I wrote a lot of I am poems back then just 
um, reaffirming who I was yeah. because my parents, it's crazy. Parents will tell you um, you can be whoever and whatever you want to be. And my parents. Um, Except that. Yeah, that, they meant it, right? And those things <laughs> and all of that. And definitely exactly. not that. <laughs> yeah. Right. They wanted me, they wanted, and they always say, you know, we wanted the best for you. And I understand <laughs> that. But um, my best for me, my idea of my best for me wasn't um, to be a doctor or a lawyer. And yes, they are needed but mm-hmm. that wasn't it's not that's not me um I, un- I fully understand this and I talk about this with my guests all the time yeah you know when when you have kind of that like thing that you want to be an artist yeah yeah I mean there's no other option and no. even if you're a great student even if you have the best test scores you could get into any school you could do any profession like the the path to joy isn't necessarily the path to like you know I don't know medical school yeah <laughs> like it's, it doesn't it, it you know it is it's what it different. is yeah Did i was supposed feel, to be an engineer <laughs> yeah i think i was supposed to go to law school um and well i was supposed to be a mom i was supposed to be a stay-at-home mom uh, you know i got you i was supposed to, i think i was supposed to like maybe go to law school and then never be a lawyer oh. just have it in the back pocket which is so stupid yeah, and then be a, a stay-at-home mom yeah uh-huh. but i don't have any kids uh-huh. <laughs> You're you writing know, your own narrative. I sure wow. the hell am. Imagine that. <laughs> it seems shocking. Yeah. So uh, one one kind of last question. So when you were writing these I am poems, kind of like, you know, like giving your own identity, like shape, were you pretty like introspective about it? Like, did you feel like you knew like what you were doing? Like if any adults had been like, hey, Winter, like, what are you writing about? Do you feel like, do you feel like you could have been like, I'm sorting out my identity. Like I'm finding a way to be expressive or, or is that a thought process that you kind of overlay on it later? I feel like it was probably a a thought process later. I, I, I would share my poetry, but I've, I'd share it with people who I was comfortable with because even at a young age, I had cousins and, you know, like that I was close to that were more like my sisters and brothers that, um, they knew I was gay at a very young age. And so they were like, yo, this poem is beautiful. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't express it to my parents because I just knew, um, I knew that it was frowned upon. Yeah. I knew the household that I grew up in and it wasn't okay. When I came out at 13, the first time I came out, um, it wasn't okay. Yeah. It was not okay at all. And so um, then I had to wait until I was 18 and wow. and then I got to really be me. But like yeah. I was that child that took clothes to school to change. Yeah. Um. Oh my gosh, that's really heavy. Um. Oh, I had one more question. What was it? I forgot. It's it'll come back. Okay. I think it'll come back. It's all good. Oh, I wanted to ask if you ever got pushback on the creativity itself. No. Okay. Cool. No. That was, um, always, that was a positive. No, no. I didn't get pushback, but they still super over encouraged, but you're going to be a doctor. <laughs> That's how, yeah. I think my parents were like that too. Like, I'm not, my mom passed away several years ago, four years ago, and I'm not in contact with my dad. Um, but I think like, you know, they would say like, we were always supportive and I feel like you were supportive in the sense that like you put me in lessons, which like, I'm grateful for that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But not supportive in the sense that this was an actual option. Yes. And that I can relate to that so well. Oh my goodness. Like, yeah. Yeah, identical because my parents did. I'm so grateful. They put me in the drum lessons, but they never uh, expected me to be 
a professional yeah, artist. Yeah, like, but you're just going to keep this fun, right? Yeah. Like, this is not, you're yeah. not going to be too serious about this. Yeah. Yeah, which is, I mean, I think that's a grief, even for, like, a small child, like, you know, to kind of, like, from such a young age, like, um, taint, like, this, you know, beautiful, pure thing with, like, that kind of, like, I don't know, like, that pressure yeah. is just, it's pretty sad, I think, yeah, um, it, you know, to, is. like, let something that's just, like, so joyful for a child kind of be, like, but you have to, we're going to take, you know, this is not going to be a part of your life forever. Like, it's just sad. It's sad. Um, so during your teens, I'd love to know, like, how you changed as an artist. If, you know, you got more serious, if you had any mentors that were, like, important to you during that time. Just how did your kind of creative evolution continue in your teens? Uh, yes, as a teen, um, 10th grade, no, my ninth grade year. Um, my ninth grade year, like completely changed my life. My English teacher was my creative writing teacher. Wow. And, uh, I, I'm still in contact with her right now. She comes to my shows. Um, she was so supportive of my writing. She encouraged my writing. Like she paid attention that, and always told me there's something special in you. Um, and with your writing, you know, she always encouraged me to keep being creative with my writing and, um, she was my mentor. Like even when I didn't have her class, I would come and sit in there and, um, write in her class and have her to review, you know, some of yeah, my, my so poetry. Valuable. And, uh, yeah, she was, she was a person who really helped to shape who I would become as an artist. And I, I still tell her thank you right now. Yeah. Um, it was so important to have someone who believed in my art, um, it's- you yeah. have to have it. Yeah. Um, did she like teach you how to challenge yourself and like yes. develop your craft? Can, can you talk to me about that? Yes. She, um, or anyone who, or I just want to know how you kind of went from like, this is a release to like, I'm going to get really good at this. Yeah. Um, she actually, she taught a, a AP, um, creative writing course Cool. and encouraged me to get into that class. I was taking, um, like the advanced English class with her, but, um, she actually encouraged me to get into the creative writing course. Cool. That's and, great that your high school had a creative writing class. Yeah. I, I graduated from New Ames, so it was an early college, um, okay. charter high school. Okay. Yeah. That's here? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, and, I'm not from here, so I don't always know all the things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Up cool. in, the, in the, we were in Roy at first and then moved okay. to the Layton, Layton area. Okay. Um, but... Roy. yeah she right up north yeah all up I've north driven, well i in the wedding band i play in like sun valley idaho and jackson hole a lot oh, so, you so know i drive up, up that uh-huh. corridor like a lot yeah a lot a lot you know up yeah. there. i know which gas stations have clean bathrooms <laughs> up there <laughs> you gotta I know, know which gas stations have good snacks <laughs> you gotta know are you a germaphobe like me and can't do public yes, restrooms it's yes whoa so i will like plan my entire like road trip around like i know this one's clean yes. i know this one's clean yes yeah. yeah i'm there with you yeah like when the pandemic started and they were like talking about all the kind of like habits i was like i'm already I doing do that. all that <laughs> yeah <laughs> i got hand sanitizer in my purse yes. like i never if i ever like don't have it i get like really stressed out like yes hand sanitizer <laughs> oh yeah i'm right there with you that's yeah. why i was confused when the the pandemic y'all how don't to get know how the... to wash your hands oh my gosh <laughs> why and don't I'm you like, know that you guys don't sing your abcs that's the fun in it you don't sing your abcs when you wash your hands yeah Come you don't now. get like the backs and the sides <laughs> of the yes. fingers like yeah i'm totally with you yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um she 
Developing your craft. Yeah, no, <laughs> I got you. Yeah, that's my she, job. She was amazing. Yeah. Um, she, yeah, and and if ever I started to get comfortable, she would say, "Have you thought about this, wow. or have you, um, have you thought about adding this into your writing?" Um, what kind of stuff? Um, adding probably one of the biggest things was adding um my own voice to it Mm. I guess I was growing up in Utah um I was nervous sometimes honestly in my writing I was nervous to be completely me um and nervous to say certain things but how could you not be it's true like I I I still feel like that yeah (laughs) but But somebody has to say it. And if I don't say it, if I don't tell my truth, then, you know, um, who's going to? And then also, like, me telling my truth gives people um, the the hope in. Yeah, permission and um, the hope in the fact that telling their truth is okay. Right. Um, And that's, that's important to me to continue to remind people that it's okay to tell your truth it's okay to be authentically um yourself and not everyone's gonna like it and that's okay it's not for everyone not like you the one thing you can guarantee is that people won't like it right like there will be people who won't like it right (laughs) that's like something that's like definitely gonna Mm -hmm. happen yeah i really agree i i i write i do a lot of writing since my mom passed away i feel like i'm in a unique place like i'm a musician but i think of myself as a writer mostly like i just write music you know i write a lot of words too but um i you know like when my mom died i felt like i was in kind of a unique position to talk about maternal narcissism which is really taboo especially in this kind of a culture like in like a waspy culture i think it's it's pretty taboo but um you know, I do a lot of writing about, you know, what it's like to have a narcissistic parent or narcissistic parents. And I get a lot of pushback about that. But every single time I, I write anything or share anything, I get like several private messages of people just being like, I didn't know what to call this. Um, you know, this makes me feel like I'm allowed to like talk about this with people. Um, and that's so powerful. It is. It is. I definitely can re- can relate to that because, um, yeah, I I guess not being accepted. Um, that was like that was the biggest thing. Um, I wasn't accepted in my home, and I was kind of nervous to be um, honest about that because, of course, I didn't want to hurt my parents' feelings. Um, cause I do, I love my parents, but like truth is <laughs> y'all did not accept me. Yeah. Um, you, you didn't em- embrace me for being, um, who I am and who I could not help to be, you know, um, yeah. I can't help it. That's just the truth of it. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I guess that was, that was, that was a lot for me. That was a lot to navigate, um, mm. at a very young age, but it is definitely shaped, Um, where my writing has gone. And I do, I write um, about the things that I've gone through through, with my parents. Um, My, the poem that people know me by is home hopes of mending everything. And um, yeah, I talk about, you know, having to, having to mend things about home is supposed to be my safe space. And um, the only, the only thing that I really found a safe space at my home was when I was playing my video games on GTA. Yeah, that was a safe space. But, um, you know, otherwise like home wasn't that safe space that I thought 
it was supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and I had I had all the things that I needed, um, except for that love and except acceptance. Love. Yeah. For me, you I, know, yeah. for being me. And I, I had love, but not all of me had love, you know, not the full yeah. me. And so yeah. um, you might as well just, yeah, leave yeah. the love the hell out of there if you're That's not going to love I me feel for too. me. That's how I feel too. Yeah, like <laughs> don't be throwing that word around if yeah. it doesn't, if you don't really fucking mean it. Unconditional. Yeah. Unconditional yeah. love um, is the key word. And I think people forget how important that is, is that love is supposed to be unconditional. And if yeah. it's going to have conditions to it, keep it to it yourself. I'm good on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm I good on it. Totally agree. So when you were developing your creative voice in your teens and uh, when I think you said like like making using more of my voice. Yeah. Do you feel like that was like more so like thematic or like structural? Like, was it more like, what kinds of things am I going to write about? Or like, what, like, how will I write it? Does that make sense? Or maybe it's yeah, like yeah, a false yeah. binary? Like, no, I don't know. no. Um, it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, I think it was more about uh, the things that I want to write about. Even yeah. even now, um, from a very young age, I've been very outspoken. So I tend to write about the things that um, people expect you not to write about or people don't want to hear about. It's all things that are important to me, but um, I do write about being gay. I do write about um, in religion how everyone is not accepted, although they say um, that everyone is going to be accepted. And so yeah. that's what my writing um, as I, especially in my teenage years, um, it was, it was shedding light on those things that I felt when I was young. Cause they were in my, they were in my mind even when I was young. But telling your truth. Yeah. Telling those truths. I felt yeah. empowered too. Um, I felt like, oh, you guys love my writing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's listen to Let's it. Like, it. no, really. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I, I. I really understand. I really get that. Yeah, yeah. Like as a musician and I know you, I, you have to be able to relate to that because yeah. that's what music is. Mm -hmm. Um, no, really see me. Yeah. Like you, yeah, like you say, but like, you yeah. look, but look at it, Yeah, but read it. Yeah. yeah. Really. Yeah. Um, cause it, it's important. So, and yeah. then as time developed and, um, you know, as I became older, you know, um, I'm an activist as well. So, um, my writing is, it's a lot of what people don't want to hear, but it's yeah. the truth that needs to be told. And so I'm going to tell it unapologetically. Do you feel like you have a responsibility to tell it? Yes. Yeah. Most definitely. What does that feel like? Uh, it feels like I don't want people to keep going through the shit that I've been through yeah. all these years. Yeah. Um, I don't want my children. Um, I have a two-year-old son. I don't want my son or his son or daughter, you know, yeah. I don't want generations to keep going through this. So it is my duty and responsibility yeah. um, to continue to be the voice of change because change is so important to me yeah. that I will make it. If I set my mind to something, I'm a Scorpio. If I set my mind to it, I'm going to do it. And so change, um, that's important to me. So yeah. I'm going to continue to make it. Um, for the next generation and the next generation. And I hope that I can make some change that I can see in my generation, you know? Yeah. Um, that's what I'm hopeful that, that we get to experience this change as well, that it's yeah. not just um, something that later comes because uh, that's important. And that's why I have to keep sharing the words that sometimes get me looked at um, mm -hmm. a little differently um, yeah. by other groups or organizations or whatever. Um, Do you ever feel like... Do you ever get yourself in knots about this thing of like, 
well, who, who am I to share this thing? Or like, can I really make a change? Like, do do you get kind of like, like, I, I feel like I talk a lot with artists about like, you know, we talk about purpose. We talk yeah. about like, what is art supposed to be? And I think we all like, we believe there's purpose. I think it's pretty clear that like plenty of our society, like doesn't really understand the purpose of art. I yeah. think like a lot of our society thinks art is designed to entertain and they don't see like and any art that isn't entertainment, like just, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Do you ever, do you ever like, I don't know, feel like you have to question like, can't, what am I doing? Like, can I make a difference or does that feel clear to you? I used to question that, honestly. I used to I used to question um, if I could make an effective change, but I've seen um, some of the fruits of my labor, and there's still a lot of labor to do. But yeah. do you want to um, talk more about that? Like what yeah. have you what have you what have you seen? Most definitely. Um, I actually I co-founded Utah's Black Artist Collective. Wow. Uh, and that, that's amazing. Yes, we have over forty-five black professional artists in the state of Utah that we help to empower, uplift, um, and help them to continue to be artists every day. Uh, and that has uh, created a family, you know, um, a safe space for them to where they see people, um, that look like them that are saying, yes, you can, because how many times have we heard that we cannot be professional artists and then take it a step further? How many times have black people heard that we cannot make it as professional artists? Um, and so to see other creatives like yourself, um, out here doing the work and making it every single day um, and being a voice of change. Uh, We have ballerinas, we have um, poets, we have, yeah, we have every type of creative that you can think of. And all of us are out in the community as well, you know, making a change. Um, I work with uh, the Utah Arts Festival. Uh, We went from working with them as an organization um, so that they they were making sure that they are inclusive, right? That's the, it's the biggest arts festival in Utah. Yes. Um, it needs to be inclusive. Um, everyone needs to feel welcome. And so we went from, uh, you know, working with them, which they've been amazing with, you know, asking our opinions. Um, and that was, that was last year that we worked with them as a collective. Well, then this year they invited me to come and be a coordinator, um, for community and inclusion. So again, I see the fruits of my labor, Um, that are bringing about a change. And there's so many uh, different artists now that are going to be a part of the Utah Arts Festival that felt that they were comfortable enough and empowered to um, become a part of it, which they hadn't thought before. Right. You know, me being an activist out here, um, there's there's different uh, schools that we've been able to impact, that we've been able to go into and take um, drum workshops yeah. and poetry workshops. And uh, we have a partnership with Clever Octopus where I'll be doing poetry workshops with recycled wow. materials. Um, cool. So, yeah, it's um, people. so brave. Like, did, did you, were you, were you always like kind of having this kind of vision of like, I'm going to make change or like, were there s- steps where you felt like you needed to kind of like empower yourself to do that? Both. Yeah. Um, I've always, I've known from a young age, um, just growing up out here in Utah that I wanted to, 
um, make a change because I can't, I've always said this, I can't just complain about it. And if I want to see the change, I need to be the change and be about the change. But it wasn't until I um, started probably, I'd say high school was when I was like, hey, like I can really make a change out here. Uh, And then, you know, as I got into my early 20s um, was when I really, uh, I really became um, active and as a, as an activist, um, as an artist and people really started to pay attention. And um, once I have your attention, I'm going to keep your attention because I need you, Um, not just want you, I need you to hear me. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I'm passionate about what I'm saying. I'm passionate about seeing this change. And I'm passionate about it expanding um, further than Utah. Yeah. That's just honest. Um, Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm very passionate about that. So. Yeah, I, I do find this a lot like art spaces. You know, it's I think it's a big part of why I wanted to start this podcast. Yeah. Even just to like expand my own like circle and the way that I'm thinking and try to always be kind of like. I don't know, checking myself in that way. Yeah. But I think art spaces like, you know, can get, can get a lot of scarcity mindset and can really police like who, who gets to be part of it. Who's who we're going to take seriously, who we're oh not. And I mean, of course that's like, I, I think that's, I think that's true even in like the most kind of like majority groups. Oh, like, yeah. you know, the art community will still just be like, well, you're not classically trained or, you know, and then of course adding like, you know, other factors and other like, you know, socio-cultural factors is like, I can imagine that like being, being like a, a black artist who's also doing art that's kind of like, you know, not fine art painting <laughs> yeah, is, you know, that's really hard to like stake a claim in yeah. like the space. But it, I mean, it is so important. It do, is. Do you feel like you could put words on like why it's important? Change is needed. <laughs> that's the, that's the biggest reason is because it's needed. Um, if we, if we were, we're comfortable with how things are, then we wouldn't be still trying to change things. And I can honestly say that I am not comfortable with how things are. I'm not comfortable how, with how our world is. I'm not comfortable with how the state of Utah is. I'm not comfortable with how the the art space is. Like you just brought up something that, that was huge. Um, even in the art space, it's still very, um, so small minded. yeah, Yeah. Very much so. Like, me getting onto like the first time that I was able to go on tour um, as a poet was when I won a spot on the Salt Lake City Slam team. But wow. even even though I had I had to work twice as hard to win a spot on that Slam team um, because they didn't because not everyone on that team who had made the Slam team for several years um, because not all of them felt like I I fit and my words fit. Um, the way that they thought that they should be said. Um, yeah. It was a horrible experience. And I'm I was just being honest. It was a horrible experience. So um, I want to change that experience yeah. for people out here. And that it's necessary yeah. um, to change the experience for people out here. Yeah. Art that challenges you is like... I mean, again, I feel like I was kind of hinting at it before, but like, you know, I think we can get a lot, we, we can get really high minded about the arts yeah. and then, you know, some people like 
like when we're talking about, you know, who's an essential worker. Yeah. I think like those things can start feeling tricky. At least they can start feeling tricky to me. Mm-hmm. But I do really believe that like the the way in which art, I mean, obviously as human creatures, we need art like for our mental health. Like we need art for joy. Yes. But even more so, like we need art for change. Yes. Like we need art to like, you know, um, just get us to see a new perspective to kind of like, so uh, yeah, I think that's so tricky. I even, I even notice it. Like, you know, I teach at UVU and I used to teach at BYU. Okay. It's, it was a dark time, but, uh, I'm not, I'm not LDS anymore. Congratulations on (laughs) teaching at UVU. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yes. But you know, like, I think it's a tale as old as time in like academia in music that like, even there will be a, like a, like a war between like the classical people and the contemporary people, which is insane to me. It is like, we are on a team. (laughs) Like we, we have to like support each other. But yeah, I think it's like this scarcity, this fear. There's so much gatekeeping. I think people get really worried. Like, well, if I make room for you, does that mean there's not room for me? Um, that's the mentality. It's bullshit. But also like, you know, it, it exists like that. So yeah, I mean, fighting for, fighting for a space to say like, yeah, I mean, you know, this is how you all are doing slam poetry. And the fact that I'm different doesn't mean I'm not doing slam poetry. Exactly. But it's it's hard for people to understand that. And it's, it's space for all of us that you said the biggest thing. um, People feel like if you make space for someone else, that there's no space for them. And we have Mm -hmm. to realize that there's enough space and opportunity for all of us. Making space for your fellow (laughs) artist makes more space for you. Yes. I think like, you know, someone might like someone might resonate with you winter, like more easily. And then because like they, you know, learn about slam poetry from you, then maybe like they also like this other person. Exactly. You know, like you never know, like we we don't get to decide what the kind of conduits to like understanding are going to be. And and that's kind of the same reason why I'll think like, you know, I also try to make art that has purpose. Like I always write, like, you know, I feel like I write music albums that have like a moral, like they have like a, they they have like a a hypothesis, you know? Oh yeah. Like I I like to write like projects that like have a a specific intention kind of. And, you know, like I'm, I'm under no delusion that like, you know, my work is going to make it to like millions of people. I mean, it could, but, but the way that I feel about it is like, you know, if that, if that opens a door of understanding, even just a, a, an inch for someone and then you know they find because of that they find something that opens that door more yeah great like that's the purpose i needed to have done that yeah, yeah. that was the purpose yeah and when you when you keep that uh at the forefront of what art means and why you do it um then you can you can stay authentic to yourself and know that you're doing it for the right reasons yeah like you each of us does have a unique perspective you know some of us really need to like expand our perspectives. Yes. <laughs> like all, all, I think, you know, all of us need to expand our perspective. Most definitely. I feel like that's like the point, like if life has a purpose, I feel like it's to like gain as much kind of understanding of your fellow humans as possible. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we do each have a unique perspective and because of that, we each have unique things to say, which I don't know, that feels important. Just period. When you say it, it does. It is, And it is important, but, um, it's, 
And I feel like artists, we're such caring people. Um, it's having that heart of knowing that it's important. Yeah. And um, sometimes I think that that's what makes us um, be artists is that caring heart and that really caring about humanity, um, caring enough to say, I want to help somebody, like you said. Um, even if my even if my words just create an avenue, you know, to to what you really needed, yeah. it did it. It served its purpose, yeah. and that's honestly how I feel about it. Um, otherwise, I would just keep my poetry to myself because yeah. it served its purpose for me. But um, that's not yeah, I mean, fair. It's like we're we're <laughs> almost like sometimes I think of it this way, like we're almost kind of like blessed and cursed with like this thing of like, we're observing, we're thinking about stuff. We're laying awake at night, like thinking about humanity, like ruminating on stuff. And we also are working on these crafts whereby we uh, translate all of that angst and all of this, like, you know, questioning, observing into something consumable, something that someone can read or listen to or watch. Um, and that's a service. It is. You know, like not everybody has the like, I don't know, emotional capacity maybe to like or just the very particular emotional skill set to do all of that, like assimilating. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And and sometimes um, it's it's even, you know, ripping off our own band-aids. But we choose right. to do that. We it's what we choose, because like you said um, earlier, you asked and it's. Yeah, we we do. We feel obligated. Um, Yeah. Yeah. If you care. It is pain. (laughs) I mean, that is a sacrifice. I think that's something a lot of people get wrong about the arts. Like, I think a lot of people assume that artists are doing art because it's fun. And, you know, yeah, I mean, there's joy there, but like that's multifaceted. And like it is like you're you're you're, you know, you're bleeding out. (laughs) You are. You got to kind of sometimes you have to like wreck yourself in order to like get to that place yes. to like, you know, talk about the thing. Yes. Often, often, especially, um, uh, music and poetry goes so hand in hand. And, uh, yeah, I feel like in music and poetry, like you said, you literally have to wreck yourself sometimes so that it, it has the feeling that you felt when you wrote it. Exactly. Yeah. You have to get that feeling back yeah. in order to write about the thing. Yeah. I, I really, I really feel that I, I wrote a couple of songs in um, my not the album that I'm releasing right now, but my last album about my mom. And, you know, a couple of people said, like, was that healing for you? And I feel like, no, <laughs> like, no, you're like, no, was it was really kind of hard. Yeah. yeah. Like in order to like put myself in that place to articulate it in a way that, you know, then it lives in the world for someone to maybe consume without having to wrestle through all of that yeah you know it it's a gift like the way that I like to think of it is like it's a gift to any person who has a similar relationship with their mother to mine but doesn't have the skills to like distill it into like you know this these words Mm -hmm. so that's you know that's there for someone to be like oh I feel understood I feel seen I understand myself better like thanks for doing that for me yes Yes, and it's so important. Yeah. That's so important. Um, I feel like, especially, like, in the pandemic, like, literally, um, what did we have left for a while? Nothing but art. Totally. <laughs> That's why, like, yeah, when we talk about essential workers, like, I mean, 
art's not essential in the sense that like if we don't have it we starve or but it is essential in the sense that if we don't have it we devolve yeah you know which is like which one's scarier yeah (laughs) i don't know they're both pretty scary i guess but like you know an, an artist can't like uh you know uh fix your broken arm but like yeah it it's pretty it's pretty important and like you said like at the beginning of the pandemic like what else was there what else did we have yeah you had to stay in the house and watch tv art listen to music art Read. <laughs> yeah art yep. yeah yeah like there was yeah it was it was art that you had left so and i feel like it really woke a lot of people up honestly um i hope so to art yeah, yeah, I hope so. One thing I I get I can get on like a bit of a like pet pet peeve about is or like a little soapbox is like I think some people like appreciate and value the art that has already made it mm-hmm. and don't get that like the people that haven't yet made it like are those same people. Oh my goodness. Yes. You have want to say things about that? Yes. <laughs> because I yeah, you made a, a key point. Like they grew into those people. In fact, the reason that they were able to evolve into those people and make it so big because you all supported them. Right. Can you support us that way? Right. Yeah. Can you, you never just support know, us like, that way. You never know who you're talking to, who no. you're looking at. But I think, yeah, we're 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 good at like jumping on the support train of people who've already been supported. Yes. And we're not always great at supporting, you know, the geniuses that are like right here (laughs) you know yes but i feel like i get so like i feel like it's such a tragedy to even think about like like losing you know these like once in a generation kinds of talents yeah and we're losing them all the time we (laughs) are so i don't know i feel like i feel like i always want like you risk nothing by just like assuming that everyone has something really cool to say you risk nothing exactly like so what if they don't but like what if they fucking do exactly like don't you want to hear that don't you want to see that movie don't you want to like you know don't you want to read that book yeah it could be life-changing and you just you just don't know who you're closing off or who you're not supporting because it could be life-changing yeah i always say and i'm grateful for the support i have now but um i often sit and think like what if i had the support that even the even the support you know of like some of my family members now what if i had your support before like there's so many more people that i could have helped i i talk about this with my therapist like yeah. more than anything I, else I like therapy girl like, yeah sometimes i worry <laughs> like sometimes i sometimes i think like what if the what if the actual deciding factor isn't like someone's talent someone's skill someone's passion someone's like perspective but just like whether or not people support them <laughs> like when it's you really kind think of a about horrifying it, thought but i i'm i think it might be true it is that's what i was gonna say when yeah. you really think about it that it's true that's yeah. that really is um what really decides because you can be as as amazing um as you want to be you can have the most beautiful voice we look at artists all the time and say why like i heard your voice why aren't you big time famous right thank you um my parents didn't love me you know i'm worried sometimes i'm worried that's the whole sometimes i'm worried that's the whole thing <laughs> like you know on on my on my darker days yeah. i'm worried that's the deciding factor in the end but you know but i will say you know like that's a little dark but on the other hand like 
I feel like this podcast is like I'm trying to write some kind of like a karmic Hell thing, yeah. you know, because even if I can like talk to someone and invest in them and like, you know, if if a couple people hear it and feel like, oh, like I want to check out that person. Yeah. Um, or if it even just, you know, gives each of us like a little bit, a little bit more juice, like yes. a little bit more to keep going. Yeah. That feels valuable. That feels like enough. It is. And even sitting here like, yeah, that that's a lot. Like sitting here, being able to speak with one another, like, yeah, you, um, you reached out to me because you saw value in me yeah. and I said yes and came out here because I see value in what you're doing and totally. in you. Like, so th- like, that's very validating. I and love it's, how you said that. Sorry, it's go amazing. Ahead. No, you're, yeah. no, you're fine. I appreciate that. No, I really agree. Like, I feel like, um, I send a lot of invitations out to people who I am interested in yeah. and I'm genuinely interested. I'm never like. You just know, for the heck of it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, I think sometimes people will respond and be like, do you charge money? And I'm like, no, but like, so, but like so frequently people just don't respond at all. Yeah. But so, you know, it, you're right. It is both. It's yeah. like, I have to extend that invitation and then someone has to reach back out and say like, I would like to do that. Yeah. And that's like, even just in a microcosm, like that's, that's like an expression of trust. Yes. I think like this is creativity. Like we're creating oh, yeah. like a, a conversation, like a friendship, you know, from scratch in the moment. And that feels kind of like radical to me. It's amazing. Yeah, it it's amazing. Important. It feels like an important skill to practice. Like, yeah. you know, if I, if I'm going to be a person who says like, I try to be pretty conscious of like my own background and that I'm like, I don't want to be like one of those white, white ladies, you know? So I try really hard to like, you know, if I'm, if it's important to me to not be that person, yeah. like I got to make sure I'm talking to people who are going to tell me when I'm wrong or like, yeah. you know, or make me kind of be like, Oh, I hadn't thought about that before. See things differently. Yeah. I yeah. feel like that's my responsibility. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know it's my responsibility, but anyway, that's, that's so important. That's so beautiful. It's, it's funny that you say that. I just had a conversation with, um, one of my amazing friends. I've been friends with her for years and we, um, we were just talking about how we um, we want to bring about a bill. Um, we're going to call it the Amias bill. Um, unfortunately, I, I'm recently divorced and uh, my wife is my ex-wife is, is now um, keeping my son away from me. So, I'm so sorry. I appreciate that. We we're going to come up with a bill um, because people go through that. Um, every day and she was just talking about and expressing to me how um, she wants to do some workshops you know to um, to talk about different issues that no one's touching on Um, and one of the things was like she she's like it's important to me um, not to be one of those white girls but just to um, to continue to to help bring about the change to use and she said to use her privilege um, to bring about change and it's it was like that was mind blowing to me and beautiful at the same time because it, that's what it's really about. Like, um, if you know that you don't want to be a certain type of person, then you're conscious um, through conscious living of not being that person and um, really shaping yourself and your life um, in which you can be a person that you're proud of yeah. and bringing about change. Um, so. It feels yeah, really. Imp- it feels really important. Like what is what's more important than that? It, <laughs> like that's how it feels to me, anyway. I don't think that anything is more important. Um, 
and the fact like of saying like we it's okay to say we feel like it's our responsibility and duty yes we care enough about humanity to say yes it's our duty Mm -hmm. to keep bringing about change this Mm -hmm. podcast like you're so important um you're you're bringing about change just like little, you know, little bits. And, little and steps. I feel like even yeah. if it's just me, you know, even if it, even if it just changes me, like, you know, I'm a teacher. So yeah. like, you know, if I learn things from my guests that yes. then like make me a better teacher, make me a better steward of like, you know, another generation of musical artists, Yes. you know, I mean, who knows, like, like who knows where it goes. So I, I get, you know, if ever I get feeling like my little piece of this puzzle is like such a small piece and like. You know, if ever I feel like, is it worth it? Like, you know, I just think like it has to be. It has to be. (laughs) It has to be. For the bigger picture. Even if it's the tiniest little sliver. Oh, yeah. It's just what, what else can I do? Even doesn't that sliver matter though when you're putting together a big puzzle, right? One of those I think so. 500, 3,000 piece puzzles, right? right? That little sliver, if you don't put that sliver in there, the whole picture, the whole big picture is totally. thrown off. Well, and if like my whole ethos and our like, you know, if what we believe is that the individual matters and like each person is precious and each yes. person has like important things to say and important things to do and important things to learn, then you have to believe that you're you're one of those You're part two. of it yes yes yeah. most definitely have to um i'd love to hear about um like how you kind of transitioned into being like a professional artist and we also haven't talked that much about drums so like okay. if, if you want to say anything about like but yeah i'd love to talk about like those two things next for sure um heartbreak <laughs> yeah. heartbreak um i've been writing all my life but I went through like uh, the hardest breakup of my life in 2017. Uh, No, not the hardest breakup of my life. This has been the hardest breakup of my life. Um, But back then, what I thought was the hardest breakup of my life um, in 2017. And I felt lost. Um, All I had to turn to was writing. Mm. That's just honest. All I had to turn to was writing. I had to go through my first surgery in 2017, um, right before my breakup. Uh, and it's phlegmy today. It's like, it's really dry It's here. like in the air. It's dry. <clears throat> and that's making our bodies like, yeah, it's not get extra mucus. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm feeling it with you. I know. I'm like, I didn't, I don't drink dairy, so I don't know what the hell, but it's the dry, it's the dryness. <laughs> it is like, it's too dry. And then your body like tries to make this extra like lubricant in your vocal cords, but then it's all like sticky. Yeah. Cause it's too dry. Yeah. It's gross. I don't like it. Yeah. It's, I don't like it at all. <laughs> what if I was like, what if, what if I was like, I like it. Oh, I would be like, Hmm. Interesting. I, that's cool. No one likes that phlegm. <laughs> no one's into phlegm. Phlegm's gross. Yo, it's pretty <laughs> there's nasty. A, there's but... a silent G in the word, and that's even just, it just makes it worse. It's that just, does. it's a gross word, and it just got that silent G. It's bad. It's like, ugh. <laughs> it's gross. Uh. There's like a, there's like a <laughs> sneaky little like gag yeah. inside the word phlegm. Exactly. <laughs> it's like phlegm. And who likes the gag? <laughs> no. Nope. Wait, really quickly. So I want to hear about like, how you transitioned into being professional, a professional writer. Okay. But, um, during these years between like graduating from high school and like 2017, Mm -hmm. what was happening with your creativity during that time? I was, I've always been a drummer. So, 
Um, during that time, I actually played for my Baptist church. I was a okay, I cool. was a paid drummer. Um, so I I paid I played for my Baptist church. Um, we go out to different places. They always ask that particular church to come to like big events cool. and um, come and be like a guest choir at different awesome. churches. So um, I was still being a professional drummer. Uh, I teach. I would teach uh, at Boys and Girls Club. Cool. Um, I taught drum lessons there, and then uh, I walk. I worked with Ogden Ramp. I don't know why the hell I can't talk today. Sorry, but because <laughs> it, it's Friday morning, my words are we're like, tired. Whoa. Yeah, uh, I worked with Ogden Ramp um, to bring like uh, drum workshops to different cool. schools. So um, I was doing all that. I was still writing, um, but I hadn't taken it professional. Um, Did you do any college or any like continuing education after high school? Yeah, uh, right after high school, I actually, well, while I was in high school, I was doing concurrent enrollment at Weber State. Cool. Uh, And then I went for a semester, I want to say maybe two semesters after high school. And then I was like, "Mm, it's not for everyone. Yeah, it's really not for everyone. I'm back in college, girl. I'm back at Weber State. (laughs) I don't know why the hell I waited until 30 years old, but. Well, how come you left? Like, what was the thing that happened then? Art. I just wanted you art. Were just, you, were, you were just more invested in your kind of yeah. own, own non-institutional journey at yes. that time. Okay. Yes. Um, and also, like, I just wanted to be me. Um, yeah. I was finally at 18 years old where I had, right. I, I didn't hide myself before, but I couldn't be me openly. So right. um, I wanted to continue to be an artist, but I got into the work world, right? The nine to five world. Um being in call centers, working in call centers, and then I got into management and call centers. Um, so uh, management and training. So yeah. I was a manager and trainer um, at a few different call centers up north. Um, while I still did my drumming, yeah. I was still drumming on the weekends and all of that. During that time, like, were you, were the people who, you know, most care about you, did they know that you wanted to be a writer? Was like, was that kind of like a secret or was that something that you like were saying out loud? Oh yeah. It was something I said out loud. I don't even think that I knew that I wanted to be a professional. I wanted to be a professional performing poet. Okay. I see. I knew that I wanted to be a professional published poet. I knew that I wanted to publish books, but I didn't know that I wanted to be um, a professional performing poet until my life, like, yeah, kind my, kind of till up. my heart, yeah. yeah, my heart, my heart was shattered. Um, I, the reason that I wanted to lose weight so bad was so that I never had to have surgery. So I completely went through losing weight the natural way. Right. Um, I just had my ass in the gym like two to three times a day and eating oh right. God. And then they said that like that made my gallbladder go haywire. So I had to have my first surgery. So all that happened um, in 2017. And I was like, what the hell? I had nothing else to turn to except Mm. poetry. Yeah. Um, So and I was done. I knew I was done with like the call center. Yeah, I had I literally had like made it to I didn't want to be a CEO of a call center um I was good with like helping people I've always loved to help people so training I had my own team um in like the transitional phases of call centers um managing them I managed my own team um but I didn't really want to yeah the CEO life of of that um and it's funny because 
Here I am, co-founded our own organization. Yeah, you got there but anyway. It's, it's art. <laughs> yeah. It's surrounding right. art. Well, I wanted to say really quick, like just the way that you were talking about like the call center, like it's clear that, that you made as much of that art as you could. Yeah. Like, which is also, I think, I don't know. I say this, I say this so much on the podcast because it's just like my belief, but like yeah. I think sometimes we get confused about like you know, creativity being like a product and creativity is like a mindset. Creativity is. is like how you talk to people, how you think about people, what questions you ask. And so not everybody needs to be an artist, but I think everyone should be creative. Yes. And people can also be like in their soul, an artist and be working in management at a call center. Oh yeah. Like you can move through that space, like very artfully. Yeah. If that's like in your, you know, I also think artists are kind of always doing like research you know, yeah. like you're just, you can't help it. <laughs> like You can't. It's part, uh, of, it, part yeah. of your, part of your whole deal. So, um, but, um, before 2017, did you have like a community of poets and like mentors? Like, did you feel part of a community or kind of alone? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I felt, I felt kind of alone. 2017 was when I found my poetry community. Okay, um, tell me about that. it's called poet flow. Um, in Ogden, uh, at the Lighthouse Lounge. So um, this really cool bar and lounge in the back. Cool. Um, Poet Flow. Yeah, they. I walked into Poet Flow. I literally, one day, I when I tell you I was like in the, in the darkest place of my life, I was just sad, just sad. Yeah. And I got on Facebook and I just started looking up poetry. I had been writing. I had been writing a lot. So I just started looking up like open mics. Um, in in Ogden that were happening within the next couple of nights. And um, I want to say it was a Monday, um, and Poet Flow was like every Tuesday. And so I found Poet Flow that was happening. And I'm, I never, like, I hadn't performed my poetry. Yeah. Um, and so I was super nervous. I, I don't even think I had, I probably had been to an open mic, but I never performed at an open mic yeah. at that point. And so I stepped into Poet Flow and uh the the lady who was running it her name's Janica like she gave me a hug wow when i came in there and said welcome yeah and i was like you oh it. shit you, like, felt yeah. It. yeah i'm like oh shit hold on <laughs> oh you love <laughs> these me these people oh, yeah. here these people yeah. care about me and then like That's they really they invited me up to like share my poetry and i felt so I was crying at the end, right? Because I, you can imagine what I wrote wrote about. Like I, I just lost um, what I thought at that point was the love of my life, and yeah, I was sad. I was just sad. Yeah. Um. And so it was a sad poem. I'm writing about this heartbreak, and so I get up there and I'm sobbing at the end. And there was like three or four members of Poet Flow who had been coming there. Um, for a couple months, they didn't know me. Then, like, the, I introduced my name when I was up there, but they came at the end of my poem and they hugged me. Like, each one of them hugged me, wow. and they're like, "We're here for you. Like, your poetry is beautiful. Please keep coming back." And wow. that was so life changing. Um, yeah, it it was life changing. Wow. And I have not stopped since that moment. Good. Um, Good. Because it. And I had people crying with me. I guess that was another life-changing moment of yeah. that. There were people crying with me just saying, like, I've been through that, too. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't know how to put it into those words. That's what I was saying before. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like that's your that's your gift. Like, yeah. when you can 
distill something in a way that it speaks like that truth. Like, yeah. You love jazz. Oh, yeah. Okay, Billie Holiday. Oh. No one's better than her, right? Oh, my goodness. So no. there's, there, there's this quote that I love. Like, I read this to my students all the time. I'm not going to have it memorized, but I'll, I can get close enough. But it's, it's, a, it's, not, it's from a, a biography that was written about Billie Holiday. I can't remember the guy's name even. But um, he, he wrote that, like, you know, her gift was that she was so kind of understated. Like she wasn't this kind of like flashy performer. Yeah. She was so understated that like, as she was singing, like you could sit there and like kind of be reminded of like your deepest feelings yes. and not even really realize that like Billy was doing that. Yes. But just that incredible intimacy and that like, that like self-reflection, like almost like it's a mirror or like, it's like opens like a little secret door into like your own experience. So you can like let different parts of that experience through. You can process it differently all the while, like Billy's doing that for you, but you're just thinking like, I'm just thinking about this. Yeah. Which is like, I don't know. It's such a powerful idea. Magical. It's so magical, <laughs> but I've experienced this too. Like I, I mean, I've told, I think I've told this story before, but I remember distinctly like, cause I always loved music. Like I always felt like a little magical, like, you know, fairy child. Like yeah. I just, I, j I think it was pretty clear to me at a young age that I saw the world in a different way than the adults in my life. So that's always been true. But I, I distinctly remember like I was in this little like singing children's choir. I was in like this little singing group. Yeah. And I was probably, I don't know, 10, 11 maybe. And uh, and we had a little gig at the mall. Right. And <laughs> I, I and I sang like a little solo like they had mm -hmm. a, they had like the choir and then like a couple of the kids had auditioned to do like standalone pieces. <clears throat> and I sung this song but from Amy Grant's Christmas album, Breath of Heaven. Oh, so it I was at it. Christmas time. I love it. And Breath of Heaven is like, do you know the song? Uh -uh, I feel I'm like a familiar. lot of people who are like from Christian communities know it, but okay. it's like, maybe it's only like white Christian communities. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> Breath of Heaven. I'm gonna have to look that no, up. No, but it, it is like genuinely beautiful. Okay. No, it's not cute. It's like, but it's from the perspective of like Mary. Okay. And she's saying like, I'm scared. Like, you know, I'm I'm like like I wonder like who will this baby that I'm pregnant with be? Like, it's pretty tender. Oh wow. Um, and I just like was a deep child, so I think I like connected with that. And yeah. you know, they say Mary was like 12. If she was real like i don't know anyway I'll doesn't matter that. neither here nor there <laughs> but like anyway i sang this song in the mall and like several people gathered around and like were crying yeah and i just was like oh this is something uh-huh <laughs> like, uh -huh. oh, this is a thing like yep. i this child like, i just did also this. like coming back to what we were talking about mm -hmm. before with like being a child that has a skill set that gets the attention of adults but uh but yeah i mean like fe like feeling like i as this like my, my little body, you know, yeah. and my just like little child body, like was, you know, doing something like affecting these people, these strangers, like just walking through the mall and stopping. I just thought like, well, this is a feeling I need to have as often as possible. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's yeah. so empowering. I can relate. It's so it is. so I empowering. love it. It's like a magic trick still. I mean, I, st <laughs> I still feel that way. And in fact, like. I like when I when I build like my original sets. So like when I'm playing at weddings, I'm not thinking about this kind of stuff that yeah. much. But when I'm doing like my like sets of original music, I on purpose will like I'll be so careful about how I put the set together to try to kind of like 
create those emo- those moments where people like have gotten vulnerable enough that I can like hit them with something. Oh yeah, that they can like that. Then they'll be like, Ugh. like I just oh, it's magical. It's it the is. best thing to kind of like get people to that to a place that like they were like, well, I wasn't planning to be here on a Thursday night, but like, and I mean like emotionally here. Yeah, <laughs> but like oh yeah, here it is. Yeah, and I, now I'm thinking about my deep darks. Yeah, on a Tuesday night, and 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 getting them to actually like be okay with relating to those feelings because some people think that think it's not okay to express their emotions and their feelings and it's like music and poetry are two things that i know will make you feel okay to express those because you can't help it it's it's just something in you happen yeah and i i love the acceptance of it i love like being in a room and just being like feel that we're all feeling it except that one guy on his phone right but the rest of us we're (laughs) feeling this together and like that is so powerful yes you know i don't know that like the 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 willingness to get up on stage in front of people and lay your soul bare to be totally vulnerable to be totally intimate i don't know it's pretty fat pretty powerful stuff it is and is is. there anything else you want to say about like performed poetry versus like written and you know read uh just non-verbally poetry uh i feel like the biggest thing is that it can translate um, your spoken poetry can translate to the page and your on the page poetry can translate to being a performance poetry. Um, Wait, say that again. Yeah. Say it one more time. Uh-huh. I got you. I'm, going, I'm like, I'm too slow. <laughs> You're like, what? Yeah. Um, <laughs> your verbal spoken poetry can translate perfectly to the page and your, your on the page poetry um, can translate and be performed yeah just as perfect um tell me everything i'm like i need i need more i need more information i got you i got you um a lot of people think that um when you're writing right when you're writing your poetry it has to be this certain structure it has to follow this certain um it has to follow right um and I feel like sometimes we forget the art in it, that it does not have to have these rules, all these rules that we put on things. Um, a lot of the time we try to put poetry, put rules on poetry. And I'm I'm a poet that breaks all the rules. I, I just do. Um, I don't think that there should be rules on expressing your emotions and that it can translate. Um, I actually was a part of a project with, I'm partnered with Beyond the Neon in Las Vegas. And... Uh, we, we were, um, we showed that, that you can translate your performance poetry, um, to the page in, in a perfect way. And it can still, it'll still make sense to the reader. Um, the, the reader can still hear your voice Mm -hmm. in that poetry, um, with reading that poetry. Um, not a lot of people believe that, but we showed that in this anthology, um, that it can, it can translate, um, and it can still be just as magical and just as powerful. Yeah. Um, you, it does, doesn't have to be something that you're hearing. You can read it and um, yeah. create your own voice to it or in hopes that um, you've developed a little piece of this writer's voice to hear right. it the way that they meant it. Um, but it can translate and vice versa. If you're reading something on page, it can. It can be performed. Um, it can yeah. win slams. It can win competitions it just doesn't have to be one or the other 
we don't have to saying. put a box right. um, on either of them. They can translate perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think about that sometimes. I, I don't read that much poetry. I need to read more. I feel like I feel like it's such a it's it can be such an emo- emotional investment. I feel like this is just my own like probably bullshit, but I feel like I <laughs> I feel like I need to like have time to like sit down with a cup of tea and like really yes. read. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I feel like I need to like it's sacred. Oh yeah. Like it's like you can't just like dip your toe in, but you know, dipping your toe in is better than nothing, which is I freak I think I frequently just don't read any. But uh but I I love sometimes thinking about the idea of poetry as like a visual medium. Yeah. Like the way it's punctuated, like the way it's capitalized, like that there are like artistic decisions being made and like where the line breaks are, you know, like specifically visually. And like those are things that you maybe can't translate perfectly to speech, like right. those kinds of things. But you're right. Like there's there's kind of like there all also are things that like maybe really need to be said yes. in order to like really feel the way they're supposed to feel. And there's plenty of like Venn diagram between the two. That's cool. And often I don't use punctuation in my poetry. Yeah. Um, because I am um, a drummer as well. Right. You can hear the, you can hear yeah. and read the rhythm of my poetry that um, a lot of times I feel like punctuation gets like in the sucks way it up mm-hmm. yeah i hear yeah. that yeah yeah it gets in the way of what i'm of the flow of my poetry um yeah. so i don't even that use punctuation sense. half the time yeah i think well i mean i'm not a poet but i do write a lot I, yeah. I write a lot like i feel like it's something that i like it's really important to me and so i give myself homework like i make my, i i assign myself essays to write you know i just like try to be writing but like i frequently will like break kind of grammar rules because I want it to look a certain way. Oh yeah. Like this isn't a full sentence, but like, I want you to feel that pause there. Like there, this is me putting a rest. (laughs) Yes. I'm notating this for you. Like this is punctuation, but it's also like, you need to breathe right here. Yes. (laughs) And it's important. Yeah. It's important to have, um, your voice. That's, it's just creating your voice in it. Right. Um, whether it's on page or not, it's important that, that we get to create our voice in it because it's our art. Totally. And I also love this idea of creating your voice. I mean, and I no, it's again, the phlegm. Listen, (laughs) I, I am here with you. I understand. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. So I teach, I teach singing, Uh um, and I teach songwriting Okay. and I love, I love talking about the, 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 what's the word? Like osmosis or like the porous nature of like your figurative voice, like my Mm -hmm. writer's voice and like my literal voice. Mm -hmm. And I really believe, and I I know we're on the same page about this. If your like literal voice and your writer's voice are not communicating, Mm -hmm. you're losing like so much. You really are. Even if you never are performing your poetry, like you got to know what that like would feel like in your voice, in your, in the vibrations in your body to keep the authenticity you have to yeah it's super important um and so that you can reach truly people know if you're being authentic and i i think we forget that sometimes as people yeah but people know and they can feel when you're being authentic and so um that's always important to me because i i want people um to be able to relate because they know that it's authentic 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's that's super important. Um, and listen, you don't read that much poetry. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to uh, me, get you. Please do. Yeah. I, I just need, I just I released a more. new book as well. Really? Yeah. Black Rainbow it. Layers. Yeah. Send, yes. um, send me the link and I'll, like I I've, I really have been thinking like just in the last couple of weeks like I have got to be like. I have got to just like step off the capitalism machine a little more frequently. <laughs> like, I think it's easy to live in like a lot of scarcity that way. And, yeah. You know, I think the pandemic was like terrifying for oh, a lot yeah. of artists and like, I feel like we're finally just like being able to breathe okay, a little bit. I need to just like, I need to consume some art. I need to like yeah. nurture my own soul. Yeah. Yeah. And like really take some time for that. I feel like, I feel like I could. I feel like I always am struggling with the work-life balance, and it's because Same. my my our work is life. Like it, it literally it's really is. hard. It <laughs> is. Like, it is. It's almost like it'll hit me sometimes, and I'll be like, "Oh, I am totally out of balance." Yeah. But yeah, when your work is like, you know, when your work is art, it's it is just, art. It gets it gets tricky. <laughs> you live in the life, literally. Um, yeah, you're living you're living yeah. the dream and living the life, but we have to maintain that and sometimes it's hard to find the balance with maintaining that because well yeah. maybe this is stupid <laughs> like I don't I mean I'm, I'm not really thinking about what I'm about to say other than like you know I sometimes will feel pressure like well I need to be reading the like the you know I, there's like I have like a mental list of like the things that I'm supposed to read like I need to read like Yates and then I need to read like you know whatever but then I just think like what I really want to do is read and consume the works of like my podcast guests. Yeah. Like that's what I'm, that's what I want to do. Yeah. So, you know, I want to, I want to read, read and consume and watch. I want to watch the films that are, you know, made by the filmmakers I'm talking with. And yeah, I, again, like, I feel like it's just like, it's <laughs> like hard. even I, like I'm struggling to put that idea into practice of like value the art that's right in front of you. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I, I forget. And then I feel like I got to listen to like the, this new, you know, whatever, album <laughs> like no i need to listen to like the album that like my friend put out yeah yeah but it's okay and, to do both uh, it's okay to do both for sure right. yeah it's okay to do both we just have to find that balance and that's yeah. the hardest part it is that's well, the hardest i've been part. feeling out of balance lately so yeah, yeah I'll, I'll i would love to read your book yes. um Okay, I think we're like we're like getting there here. Okay. Um, okay. Is there anything else you want to say about like? I mean, what other soapboxes do you have? Like, you know, do you want to talk more about like, um, how you want people to like change how they think about like black artists in specific spaces? Like, what's important to you? Like, wh what do you want to talk about? Most definitely, um, that's very important. I want people to change how um, they see black artists. Um, what you black is really about um that's utah's black artist collective um it's we're really about bringing about change to the experience for um utahns for the artists um and what they know as the black art experience um mm -hmm. and that that's what's that's what we've really been working hard on um is is showing people something different um and I don't even know if I want to say showing people something different because it's always been there I know amazing black artists um but sometimes um yeah sometimes other people can make people listen or encourage people to listen um more than others can and so um that's one thing that we are we're doing is and that's important to me myself is 
um, continuing to create platforms yeah. um, to where people can experience and see um, the black art experience um, for what we see it, right. for what it looks like in my eyes, and that's black joy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, art is joy. Joy is art, and so um, that's what we need to. That's what we yeah. need to, to see out here. Totally. I I don't know if this is right. Like, please tell me if it's not. But I I feel like I feel like it's a really important skill. Like, I think for majority groups to understand how to consume art that isn't for you (laughs) like that feels really important to me like you know like to learn how to like see the value in something that isn't like talking to you but why why isn't it I guess that's the question I would ask is why isn't it for you who's put that no well I think what I mean to say is like it is for you yeah 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 (laughs) I think that's what I'm trying to say like it's a you know if if um if the art is in like a you know a language that Uh like you don't know how to speak you you don't feel like it's your native language I think that's my whole point like learn it (laughs) yes listen like you know I think what I mean is like you know like finding um building your own relationship with art that isn't like just handing itself to you yeah i think that's i think if you can learn how to do that you can learn how to talk to people oh yeah yeah oh yeah and just um being open like just it's just really about being open-minded um realizing that you're the way that you see things is not the only way to see things um yeah and I always hope that us as creatives, right, that that's our mindset. But um, even sometimes us as creatives don't understand that. And I completely agree that we have to gain an understanding that it's okay um, to see things differently, to see yeah. others' opinions and the the way that others express themselves artistically. Um, yeah, that's like, how we. That's how we. That's how change. you learn. That's yeah. how you build new language and new skills. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think maybe a better way to say what I was trying to say is like, if you get that feeling of like, I don't get it. Yeah. Like that's not where learn. you stop. Yeah. yeah. Like learn. That's where you go like, okay, how do I get it? What yeah. needs to happen in order for me to get it? Yeah. And you know, and it, even if you never feel like you are going to get it, like the person who made it gets it. Like, I don't know, like investigate that feeling. Oh yeah. That, that feels pretty important. Oh yeah. It's, like, it's very important. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you something that we haven't told anyone yet, but I, I'll tell you. Great. Um, so Utah's black artists collective, we actually, um, just, we're, we're partnered with, uh, the Salt Lake city, um, acting company. Yeah. Um, and we, I think will that's be- why I, found you yeah I'm, I'm good friends with olivia custodio okay yeah okay cool so i think maybe she posted it or like maybe i just i follow slack but okay yeah, yeah we're gonna be opening up for um passing strange so we'll there will be some poetry cool. at the beginning of passing strange when when is that um it starts at the beginning of april okay. um i want to say like april 2nd or 3rd okay. this yeah. episode probably won't be out by then okay i'm like I'm preparing. I've got 40 wedding gigs scheduled for this summer. Oh my goodness! I know. So I'm a. Uh, I'm trying to front load. I got <laughs> so you. I've got episodes got for you. the summer. I got you. I think this will be out in July. Okay. Um, which is so far from now, but also it's going to be here immediately. Oh yeah. Yeah, but oh, that's yeah. great. I love seeing like collaborations. You know, or like I'm sure you know, like 
Camille and Alicia from On Stage oh, yeah. Often. Oh, yeah. I interviewed Camille too. I need to get Alicia on the podcast. But yeah, like seeing like, I don't know, like when I interview people and finding out like they know each other, like these people are collaborating. It just makes the world feel like so like big and small, oh, you know, yeah. in the best ways. Oh, yeah. Well, and next year, actually, um, we will we'll be having our own production um, in partnership with Salt Lake Acting Company. So, cool. yeah, I'm, like, awesome. I'm super excited for that. Super excited for that collaboration um, and excited for, again, um, people to see um, the experience, the artist experience and yeah. um, seeing black art differently. You know, we'll have. Um, it's called being black and white spaces. That's the name of our production. And yeah, yeah it's going to be amazing. I'm super excited for that next year. Um, wow. and can't wait. Yeah. I, I know it's just going to be powerful. It's going to be, uh, something that Utah really needs. Utah, Utah. needs yes. it, that so bad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything unsaid here? Um, only poetry yeah well, i'm not forgetting <laughs> okay okay i got i got like two little ender questions okay. and then and then we'll get your poem yeah you're so good. i always ask everybody at the end okay what's your dream collaboration who's someone or a, it could be a team of people but who, who do you want to work with hmm. you know i want to work with a musical artist uh if i could like and this is like this is super dreamy, but opening up for um, Rihanna is like one of my yeah. favorite. Um, opening up poetry, amazing. yeah, for that for like her set. Um, nobody's done it before. Yeah, nobody's done that before. That should so. happen more. Oh like, yeah, the opener being a different medium. Yeah, I feel like that should definitely happen. Oh yeah, more. oh yeah. So uh, when she hears this, because I know she's gonna hear it. <laughs> When she hears this, holla at me. Yeah, that's um, a beautiful, beautiful yes. one. And then I usually ask people last to like plug their work, like tell people where to find them. Okay. Do you want to read the poem like last, last, or do you want to read the poem and then tell us where to find you? Uh, Whatever you feel. What do you think would be best? Whatever I feel you think like would, would be best. feel like most lovely to end on the poem. Okay. I'm with it. Okay, so it. tell us like where your you know your website, your handles, or like what your book's called. Yes. You said it before, but yeah. Yes, so I just released a book called Black Rainbow Layers. Um, you can find that on blurb.com, um, and it'll be available on Amazon. And I'm just waiting for them to cool. make it available. So it'll be available on all platforms, but majorly, um, you can find that on blurb.com. Um, there's links. Uh, on my website, which is winter, winter with a Y, um, winterthepoet.com. Cool. Um, I'm on all social media platforms. If you just type in winter with a Y, W-Y-N-T-E-R, um, I'll be the first one to pop up. Yeah, I'll be the first one to pop up. So I'm super excited. Uh, I have a lot of poetry on TikTok. Cool. A lot of poetry. So. What's your TikTok handle? Winter the Poet? It's Winter Winter Storm. Winter Storm. Winter okay, Storm. W-Y-N-T-E-R. Yes, indeed. And that's, that's just Bear moaning in the background. I don't know if you can hear him, but <laughs> it sounds a little spooky. I can't even hear <laughs> that's, him. But I that's Little him. Bear Boy. Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> he's really cute. He's so cute. He's a sweet little baby. Oh, my goodness. But if, he's, if, we, if there's any, like, you know, ghostly moaning happening during his reading, <laughs> that's my dog. <laughs> It might add to the poetry. Okay. There's going to be some parts that he might add to it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm ready. All right. I can't wait. 
So uh, I wrote this poem for International Women's Month. I'm so happy International Women's Month. Yeah, Um, thanks. This is called Dear Women. Dear women, I see you. All strength from the first breath, verses of spoken word intertwine, musical notes form a vine of beauty in the mind, delivering life like only a goddess can. Dear women, keep your art close to your heart. Don't let nobody paint your canvas any other way. Life be a snapshot full of memories. It's yours to capture unapologetically. See the beauty through your own lens. Express thyself like only you can. We are art and sometimes it's my only lifeline. Finally set the watch to our time. So let us embrace. Dear women, you are a breakthrough for voters rights, women's rights, a step in the right direction for equality. Dear women, you've made history, all business, all mother all dedication to your artistry. We are the deep, the deeper meaning within poetry. We are the rich tone of musicality. Listen as the violin speaks. Listen as the cello sings. Open your heartstrings to allow our words to reach the joy that lives within each being. Dear women, You have a story that remains untold. This is your moment. We are the heartbeat of the drum. We are the peaceful strum. We are the turning point in the song. Let the sounds of the strum take you to new heights. This is your life. So live. Like the clouds live in the sky, take up all the space that you deserve. Because if they heard your side of the story, they'd understand why glory lives within your smile. Dear women in music, we are art. Let your your creativity shine, forming timeless constellations that can never be dimmed. No question of who you are, bright stars continue to rise. Shine bright. Share your light in fullness. This is your stage. And as you bless this space with your presence, with your gift, in every kind of style, we will smile and support. Dear women, this is our month to celebrate us. Let our imperfections never carry shame. For within differences lies strength, lies our spark. We are art. We are light. I see you. We see you, all hardworking, all groundbreaking, still studying to reach new heights. Let us create light. Let us create. Let us enjoy this beautiful experience as we flow together as one through the love and celebration of women in art, dear women. Oh, I love it so much. Winter, thank you thank so you. much. Thanks thank for being you. here, brightening this whole space. It was incredible to meet you. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for holding the space. Like, you don't know what this means to me um, and means to so many other artists that you are just holding um, space. And you do. You're an artist, so you do. You understand you. how important it is. So um, I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. Um, Thanks. This is amazing. and. 
I'm, I'm excited to continue yeah. to listen. Yeah. Um, you're doing, yeah, you're doing so many amazing Thank things. You. So. Well, I feel also, like you said, like just gratitude that you're here and yes. that you're, you know, you be- you had to believe in me to come here yes. too. So that's, yes. Thank you. Yes. This was wonderful. I appreciate Lovely. you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our theme song is As You Are from My Album Masks with artwork and merch designs by Sarah Keel. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, you can reach me through my website, emilymerrellmusic.com. That's E-M-I-L-Y-M-E-R-R-E-L-L music.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.